Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. I'm a Christian, but there's no change. Listen, that did not happen in Thessalonica. These people were changed. Paul was changed, and he's commending them for the power of God that changed people's lives. I think about Eric and, and Megan. They started coming to our church about two years ago, a little over two years ago. And at the end of the message, the gospel went out. Eric stood up and gave his life to Christ. The word went out, the gospel went out by word, but then there's a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit that took place in his life. And, and you talk to him, you, you, you spend time with him, you see the power of God changed his life. Jesus Christ is preeminent. He wants Jesus first in his life. And, and he told me, this is what he said. Part of his testimony is he went to another church for 15 years and never once heard the gospel in the church for 15 years. Now, the gospel has the power to change lives. And I pray and trust and hope that he's changed your life. I think of Peter and Melissa right here, guys. Awesome. They came, what, in January or so to the church? Both of them prayed to receive Jesus Christ just recently as their Lord and Savior. And you're watching them change before our eyes. Why? Because the gospel went out. They heard the gospel. They heard the good news. They accepted the good news. And they realized there needs to be a change. And they're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. And we're seeing a change. Now the things of God are important to them. Why? Because it didn't just go out with mere words. It went out in power. I pray, I trust, I hope every one of us in this room and those that are watching online, I pray that we've experienced the power to change our lives because God does not want to keep any one of us the same. But it doesn't just happen when we accept Christ. There's a change, a radical change that should take place when you accept Christ. He comes to live inside of you. The power from on high lives in you, but then it's a continual change. And if you're not changing, you're not becoming more like Christ, let me warn you of something. It's called backsliding. Beware. When we get to chapter 2, we're going to read this, but I, I wanted to bring this up. The ch same church, the, the letter going out in chapter 2, verse th 13, Paul the Apostle says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, the gospel and the word of God, which you heard from us, Paul said, you welcomed it not, listen, as the word of, can we say that out loud? Men. Men. Wasn't just our words, but as it is in truth, the word of what? The word of God. It's God's word that went out. Which also, can we say that word? Effectively works in you who believe. It works in us to change us. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, bringing changes in all of our lives. And so Paul's commending them there in chapter 2. But also 1 Peter 1.23 that says, having been, can we say that all out loud? Born, born again. Have you been born again? I pray so. Peter the apostle said, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the what? Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The power of God's word. He's commending this church, saying the power is working in you guys. It wasn't empty words, and he's commending them. But then look back in verse 5. By the way, we're going to spend most of our time in verse 5, but then we're going to also look at 6 and 7. So not only did it come in power, but also in the Holy Spirit and much, can we say that word out loud right here? Much assurance, much assurance. Something happened when he shared the gospel. Changed lives, 
But there was assurance. Paul, as an example to them in there, he had assurance of his, his salvation, assurance of heaven, assurance his sins were forgiven, assurance that God is with us, and having that wonderful, powerful assurance. And I believe he's saying to them, that with much assurance, you guys had assurance, when you accepted the gospel, when the power was with you of God, and the Holy Spirit's working in your life, that gave you assurance. My question, do, do you have as a believer that assurance of heaven? I'll ask you again. Do you have that assurance? Yes. That was much better, by the way. <laughs> that assurance of heaven. Listen, the, the, the moment, the millisecond I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I knew instantly I was heaven bound. Why? I have that assurance. My sins are forgiven. What separates me from God? Sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away the sins of the world. He takes away my sin, my past, present, future sin. My sin is gone. It's nailed to the cross. Now I have assurance that I have hope that goes beyond the grave. To be absent from the body means I'll be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity. Do we have that assurance? Yes, we should have that assurance. And he's telling them you have much assurance. But notice, it wasn't mere words. It was in power as we talked about. You had much assurance as we just talked about but also the work of the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit. There was a work of the Holy Spirit, obviously in Paul the Apostle's life, but also in the the new believers. There was that work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to put up on the screen some of the the things that we should see in our own lives as the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what they would have saw in Thessalonica. These are just four things. There's much more that's provided with the Holy Spirit in our lives, the person of the Holy Spirit. So it brought them, can we say that out loud? Comfort. Why? The Holy Spirit's called the Comforter. John 14, 16. Brought them what? Help. Why? The Holy Spirit's called the Helper. John 15, 26. Taught them Scripture. Why? The, the, the Holy Spirit's called the Spirit of Truth. We see that in John 14 and 15. Brought conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit came in the world to do what? Convict us of sin. In this new church, in this young church, there was a work of the Holy Spirit convicting of sin. There was a work of the Holy Spirit bringing help. The helper was helping them. The Holy Spirit was bringing comfort. Why? They were under heavy persecution. It wasn't just words. There was a work of the Holy Spirit. Unless the Holy Spirit is working in the church, this is not a church. If the Holy Spirit's not working in a church, it's not a church, it's a social club. We never want to be, we never will be a social club. This is not a social club. Yes, we have fellowship in our koinonia, our oneness, our fellowship is in Christ Jesus because we've all been born again of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ have cleansed us of our sins and that brings great fellowship. But there always must be, and I pray it's in your life, that work of the Holy Spirit in our midst, in your life. Convicting you. When you do something wrong, conviction. Do, 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 do. Wrong. I don't know if your vehicle has those little sensors. If you go close to something, I go. That's the Holy Spirit. It's like. Then you go this. Whoa, wait. But then you get closer and closer. You're like, stop, 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 stop. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, stop, wrong way, don't do that. That's not of me. That's going to cause problems. It's going to hurt your life. It's going to hurt others around you. Sin is terrible. Stop. Persecution comes, comfort. You open up the Bible, truth. You, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit teaches us the work of the Holy Spirit. Our second Sunday, 
when we started a Sunday service at the Sunset Beach Women's Club. May 18th was the first Sunday, May 18th, 2003. Second Sunday, I went up to the pulpit to give the message, and I felt the strong prompting of the Holy Spirit said, lose the notes. And I was like, I prepared the notes. And I didn't, I really seriously didn't know if it was the Holy Spirit, my mind, an attack. I, I didn't know what it was. I'm like, come on, this can't be. I, you know, you know, so I'm like struggling. I'm like, Are you, Lord, is this you? And I just stronger, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, lose those notes. I was like, can I use them next week? <laughs> <laughs> and so by faith, I walked up to the pulpit. I said, ah, I've had notes up here, but I feel strongly the Lord says not to use them. So here we go. I don't know what I'm going to say, but here we go. I wouldn't recommend that if you're a pastor teacher, unless the Holy Spirit's prompting you. Stick to your notes. Have notes. It's good. It's good to be prepared. It's good to study, to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's very important. So I just started speaking, and I felt the Holy Spirit just saying things, giving me, prompting me, and talking. And I was like, okay, Lord, so that was it. And after the service, the lady came up to me, Angela, And she said, "Uh, I know why the Lord said lose your notes because this is my first time here. Somebody picked me up and I was asking all these questions. Uh, She didn't really have all the answers, but you answered every question that I had through that message. And that comfort of knowing the Holy Spirit's at work and speaking. I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and it just blows my mind as a pastor, you know, this, look at this. And they'll show me their notes, their journaling. They'll say, look at what I just wrote. And it's, it's totally confirmed with the message today. And it's just like, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. There's a, the work of the Holy Spirit. He's there to comfort. He's there to teach. He's there to instruct. He's the paracletus, the one who comes alongside of us, that's with us, that never leaves us and lives inside of us. The work of the Holy Spirit took place in Thessalonica, and I pray and I trust that it continually takes place here in this place. God's Spirit working. Great scripture that goes with this. Remember Paul the Apostle as he wrote to the church in Galatia, Galatians 3, 2. Remember this? this? He actually rebuked them. He says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Did anybody receive the Spirit by the works of the law? If you do, don't raise your hand because it doesn't work. Please don't raise your hand by the hearing of faith, by believing the message, then the work of the Holy Spirit starts if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. So he's rebuking them. He's saying, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And he goes, are you so foolish? Having begun in the, can we say that out loud? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect in or by the flesh? All of us have to beware of this that because God is... When he works in our lives, we, we can sometimes think that we can perfect what God is doing in our lives. And we have to realize, we have to stop sometimes, just regroup and say, Lord, please lead me continually by the Holy Spirit. Well, we can happen with mature Christians. We can start walking with the Lord. I don't know what's going on back there, but something's moving. Uh, when we're walking with the Lord, it's like, okay, I know how to do this. And listen, we can get into a routine. We can get into a pattern and beware of that. And sometimes... I can, you can, we can as believers, especially when we walk with the Lord for a long period of time. It's like, well, this works. This is just the way I'm going to do it. No, the Holy Spirit wants to control your life. Yes, I said control your life. He's the third person of the Godhead living inside of you. And when you ask God to become Lord of your life, you're surrendering your will and you're saying, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. 
And when you fight God's will, it's miserable. But when you're led by the Holy Spirit and he says, go in this direction, and you're like, well, Lord, I can tell you a thousand reasons why I'm not going in that direction. And he'll let you go wherever you want to go. But guaranteed, if the Holy Spirit's working in your life, he's going to tell you, well, are you done trying to do it your way? This is the way. And I want you to walk in it. Most of you know this verse, Zechariah 4, 6. He answered and said to me, the Lord, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel started the work on the temple. And there was a battle. There was a fight. It was tough. So the Lord says, not by might nor by power. This is a different power. This is not the power of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about your might and your power, not by your resources, not by what you think you're going to do, not by what you think that you can, you know, your intellect can handle. No, no, no. It's not going to be by those two things. He says, but by my what? But by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's going to be done by my Holy Spirit. He chose Zerubbabel to start it. And he's telling Zerubbabel, you're going to finish this work. It'll be by my spirit. It's not going to be by what you think you can do. Before we go to the next verse, somebody bought me a shirt that says Born 2 on it. And I love wearing it because it brings conversation. It says Born with a 2, a small 2 up top here. And so it's great because people will say, well, we're born to the second power. What does that mean? And so I was at Trader Joe's uh, yesterday afternoon, and sure enough, it worked, you know, so I'm cashier's checking me out. She goes, what? Uh, born in a tube, second power, what does that mean? And I, so I was like, oh, yeah, well, good, I'm glad you asked. And so I said, yeah, I'm born, I'm born twice. And then at that, she figured out right away. She was like, oh, yeah, born twice. I said, yeah, that which is born of flesh. See, we're all born in the flesh. And she's like doing the groceries really fast. She's like... <laughs> And I know what's going on in her mind. She's like, I, w- I, w- I wish I never asked that question. She's like, and she's smiling. Yeah, nice. And I said, well, you know, Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, you know, there, we must have a spiritual birth. You know, we all have a physical birth. And he told Nicodemus that which is born of flesh is flesh. We're all born in the flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. We all have to have a spiritual birth, even if we want to see heaven. You can't see heaven unless you have a spiritual birth. And she goes, oh, yeah, okay. And she's like, all right, nice. She's like... Pack it up real quick. It's like, but you know where people stand. But I, I love it because it opens a door. And guess what? God's word will never return void. But the shirt means I, I've had a spiritual birth. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me, convicting me, drawing me close to him, giving me understanding of the word, giving me assurance of heaven and the, the work of the Holy Spirit, bringing comfort in my life, helping me when I need help. The message for me, the message for you, the message for all of us, again, is a reminder for us, no matter how long you've walked with the Lord, the reminder is depend more on the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, I've got to decrease, and he must increase in my life. And Paul the Apostle goes on to tell this young church, and he says, and you became, can we say that out loud, please? Followers of who? And of the Lord, receiving Having, excuse me, having received the word, the word of God in much affliction, they had heavy persecution, but they received the word of God from who? From Paul the Apostle. You, you've received the word of God from us. You, you not only followed the message of the word of God, but you followed the messenger that gave you the word of God. He was an example to them. Yeah, they followed the Lord, and that's what we all should do. But also, in this, we see the, the, how there should be people in our lives that are examples that we follow their example. Paul the Apostle was an example, but he used the word of God. My example, if you don't know this already, Pastor Chuck Smith, who's gone to be with the Lord. Why? Because the church that he pastored 
simply taught the word of God simply, interpreting scripture with scripture and allowing the work of the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives. As the word of God goes out, the Holy Spirit does the work to, tr- to change and transform lives. It wasn't a shepherding church. Eh? Do you know there's churches out there that shepherd the flock in a, in a bad way where they, they have to go, people in the congregation, they have to ask the pastor, oh, I'm thinking of buying this house. What do you think? No, don't buy that house. Give all that to the church. Or whatever, I don't know. It's just, but seriously, there's churches out there. It's called shepherding the, you know, it's, it's not a good thing. Not a shepherding in a good way. Shepherding is to feed the flock, tend to the needs of the, of the people. So I, while I was serving at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa under Pastor Chuck Smith when he was here with us, people from all around the world would bring buses in from all around the world, tour buses would come in. Why? They wanted to see what was going on at Calvary Costa Mesa. Why? Because it spread throughout all the world. And they're like, we have a Calvary Chapel in our church. Or we have a Calvary Chapel in our community. It's a church there. We want to see where it all started. And all over the world, churches all over the world, like Starbucks, just all over the place, popping up. <laughs> Teaching the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives and being an example to those that are under us. That's what we see here. Word of God, even in affliction, the Holy Spirit working. They had great joy. And they were following not only the Lord, but they were following the example of the messenger. When we were at Peter's Landing and we were praying about expanding there and we were negotiating with our landlord. The landlord, as you know this, is repeating this part, but the landlord hired an architect and we were going to expand over there, but it just didn't work out. But while all that was going on, we were going to take walls down in, in our existing place. And so I was measuring and trying to figure out which walls to take down. And I, one night I didn't have a tape measure, so I literally got my feet like this because my foot's about 12 inches, you know, with my shoe on. And so I was just going like this, measuring how many feet, you know, the, the, the room was and all. And I looked back and Dale and Melissa's little son, little fox, he's less than two years old. I looked back and he was like this. And it was just so cute. But it reminds me, it's a visual of that, you know, he was following me, he was watching me, and he was following me. And, and so the encouragement and the exhortation for all of us that have been walking with the Lord, people are watching you, and they're, they're, they're wanting to follow someone that's following the Lord. And God has called you to be an example. Listen, again, it's not a condemnation, but it, it's an invitation to do it God's way. We're all going to mess up. We're all going to make mistakes. We all do make mistakes, but how do we handle those mistakes in front of people? Hopefully we go to the cross. Again, with my youth group, we did hang out with them constantly. They would see, you know, sometimes the, the basketball game would get kind of rough and whatever, and there'd be, you know, emotions going and upset, and I, was, I would do that sometimes, you know, confession night or day here. You'd say, you know, got a little, you know, in the flesh, and then we'd stop after and just say, look, did you see that? That was wrong. Matter of fact, check this out. So that would happen a lot when we would play basketball because these, you know, they loved it and it was really aggressive and all. But we, we figured something out. It's like, wait, we didn't do the Bible study first and pray. So when we did the Bible study first and prayed, usually the basketball game went a lot better. <laughs> and it was pretty cool, playing in the spirit. You know, it was really, it was great. It really was. Examples. Paul said, follow my example. If you didn't get it there, well, remember what he told the church in Corinth. He said what? Imitate me just as I also what? Imitate Christ. You're called, I'm called, we're called as mature Christians to be an example for those that God has put in our lives. In the King James Version, it says, be ye followers of me. Follow me. 
even as I also follow Christ. Last verse. He goes on to say, so that you, listen to this, so that you became examples to all Macedonia and Achaia who believe. Don't miss this part. I was an example to you. You followed my example. So much so that you became an example to all in Macedonia. That was the region, that area called Macedonia. Today it's modern Greece and Achaia, that whole area. They said you became an example to everybody. You guys, in return, you followed my example, and now you're becoming an example. It's that simple. My wife, Kathleen, who I'm so blessed to have in my life, her example was uh, Kay Smith, Pastor Chuck Smith's uh, wife, Kay Smith, and she would travel with her all the time. They would, when, when Kay Smith would do Bible studies, she would travel with her, and, and she watched her example. And Kay Smith was a wonderful Bible teacher. She would teach her the Bible, and so she would sit under her teaching, and she'd watch the example and see how she responded with people and act and all, and she was an example to her, and she poured into to Kathleen, and it's just a beautiful thing for myself back in Michigan. My brother-in-law, the pastor of the church, he poured into me. My sister poured into me. She was 13 years before me accepting Christ, and so, so having someone in my life as an example and pouring into me, was Kay Smith perfect? No, but she was a good example. My brother-in-law and my sister, were they perfect? No, but they were good examples that we could follow. It's so funny. My Kay Smith told my wife way before she was married, she says, you're going to be a pastor's wife. And she goes, okay, you just, you're a pastor's wife. You want me to become a pastor's wife? She goes, no. She says, no, the Lord already showed me. The Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to be a pastor's wife. And she was right. So my question, very simple message, but very profound. Who are you following? Who are we following? Hopefully, we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. We're doing our best to seek first his kingdom. But I pray if you've walked with the Lord long enough that you have someone that you're pouring into, someone that can look to you, someone that you can pray with, someone that you can go to scripture with. And remember, everything we do must always be centered on the word of God. And I'll go back to this as we close. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good what? Habits. I'm sure you know this verse already. But don't be deceived. God wants us to follow people that are following Jesus. The person that you're following, if God's put someone in your life that you're looking up to, just give them grace. They're, they're going to make mistakes. Just make sure it's always centered on the word of God. One more thing. I don't know, first service when I came in, first service, there was a Huntington Beach police officer in his car and he was there on the side street, you know, watching the traffic and all. And so as I pulled in, I looked at my wife, I said, wouldn't it be crazy if he pulled me over and I go into the parking lot and I'm getting a ticket in front of everybody? <laughs> that would be such a terrible example. And I'm thinking, I'm teaching on being a good example. So I'm like, so I'm praying, Lord, I, I hope I wasn't speeding. Lord, I don't know if I was speeding. <laughs> please don't let him pull me over. <laughs> I'll get pulled over twice another time, but please don't let me get pulled over. <laughs> it was a good visual for me, and it should be a good visual for all of us. People are watching us. Again, we'll make mistakes, but hopefully when we sin, we mess up, we go to the cross, 
And we ask the Lord to forgive us, but also, listen, please, we ask the Lord to use us, that we can set an example of who Jesus Christ is. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.